0: Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Life Beyond the Chariot. We are back with Crystal Hoy for part two. We're going to dive in more with homeschooling. And I know I've got a lot of questions on homeschooling. What does that look like? Um, again, with COVID and pandemic 2020, uh, a lot of us were thrown in the deep end when it came to Distance learning, which really isn't the same as homeschooling, which we clarified last time, uh, but yeah, just wanting to to get back into how do we how do we understand what homeschooling is and how do we discern if that's the best model for our family. So should we start with prayer? Absolutely. Okay. All right. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, thank you for another opportunity to uh, just have a conversation. To Um, hopefully minister to those who are listening and to learn how we can better serve our families Uh, we ask that you bless all those who are beginning this new school year um, give us peace and help us to put you first in each of our family situations we ask these things in your name amen in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen And for those who didn't catch part one, Crystal, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your tribe? Absolutely. My tribe, our
1: party of 10, that's what we commonly refer to it. My name is Crystal Hoy. I live in Nacogdoches. Catholic Nac. Catholic Nac, with my husband and our six sons and our two daughters. And we have just recently, in the last two years, went back to homeschooling. That was where we started. We went into a a different chapter for a little while, and that's where we felt like we were called to come back to. And so we are currently homeschooling ages. Well, you can't really call it homeschooling a toddler. Managing. Toddler (laughs) management. (laughs) Right? So yes, yes. <laughs> toddler management <Yes. laughs> up through high school education. Awesome. So that's 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 what we that's what we do.
0: Very good. Very good. So. I know in our previous episode, we were talking about family centered education, making decisions for our family based off of what our family needs, needs and prioritizing that over the busyness of schedules and all of that. And homeschooling can be an option for family centered education. So, I mean, where do we even begin? I know for me, homeschooling is a very intimidating thing. <laughs> and, um, yeah, <laughs> so where where do we even start?
1: Well, I think where, where you're starting is right exactly where you need to be until you've seen it work, until you know somebody personally, and you've seen the fruits of it, and you've seen the character uh, shaping of it, and how a family actually pulls it off. You, you don't know where to start, you know, yeah. until, you, until you know someone and respect them enough or see, see their children, right? Yeah. And yeah. you recognize that, oh, this, this can be done. And why are they doing it? You know, yeah. why and how are they doing it? And so I think this is a great start to asking those questions. Yeah. We, um, we probably always knew that we would homeschool I'll never forget, the, uh, my RCIA sponsor, my convert, was the admissions counselor for the Catholic School in Austin Holy Family Catholic School, and I remember getting the letter that my firstborn was accepted, and weighing that up against the, the ministry um, lifestyle in pay, and looking back at someone that I knew, uh, I had a cousin um, that I watched do what she did. She homeschooled her four children and their lifestyle, their Christ-centered lifestyle and the way that their children treated each other, the way that they reached out to me and my growing family. Um, And I just listened to her opinions for so long and I'd seen her at work and it was a beautiful thing. And I ultimately, we just decided, okay, let's give this a go. And you know that's that's the baby step, right? I'm always going back to baby steps. I love the babies, and so really, it's all just about taking that first baby right. step and yeah. seeing where it, you know, where it goes. Yeah. So that first year, we just went with a standard Catholic homeschooling package. I don't I don't want to list the name, <laughs> um, but it was inclusive enough for a starter mm-hmm. mom. Um, but I felt like certain areas of it were kind of checked off. Like, okay, well we We provided that, but it wasn't done to the best of what I could see that it could be done. That's my critical OCD side. (laughs) So I did something different the next year. And so, but that was basically how I started. But it really does start with having someone you know that you can reach out to when you get yourself in a pickle or when you get overwhelmed or when, you know, that that voice starts telling you, who do you think you are? You can't do
2: this. Right yeah i think that that voice can be so big
1: mm-hmm. with so many
2: and i was a teacher for 11 years but i taught high schoolers and they were not they didn't come home with me you know what i mean it's very different teaching kids that aren't yours um and i also you know i only taught them one subject um and they were great and i loved teaching but the idea of teaching my own children at home who were much younger was t- terrifying to me and i think for me, it was more of I felt inadequate. Like, can I model? Can I model behavior of what a Catholic mom should look like? Because I, I wasn't. You, you can reason with high school kids for the most part. Uh, but can reasoning, <laughs> I thought I could. I loved my high school kids. I don't know. Maybe we should ask them. Maybe we should ask Sorry. them if Missyva did a good job. Um, but. But I did, I, I struggled with like the littler ones, my lower mm. ones, like like I'm looking at them like, well, why did um, we just put on your nice clothes? Cause we're gonna <laughs> go to a nice place and you just dumped in, jumped in the mud. Like, I don't, why would you do that? <laughs> and they're do? like, why well, wouldn't, why wouldn't <laughs> I? Like, and they honestly just didn't get, the
0: they problem? didn't understand. And
2: so for me, and, and those are the things that I can lose my patience over. Cause like, a, as we grow, We have foresight, and knowing that our kids aren't born with that and that they should, I guess I expected them to foresee certain things that their little brains just aren't capable of, and I can get very impatient. And then when I get impatient, I don't act well, and I'm like, well, I'm definitely not leading my kids closer to Christ. I don't know if they want to be with me all day. And for me, that was probably the most overwhelming part is I kind of felt confident that as long as I had something – that was a decent curriculum. They would at least be educated. Yeah. My fear was and is can I if they look at mom as the person who's teaching and forming them if she loses her cool or if she's not behaving in a way that I think looks like Christ but she says like she's in ministry and she's doing the Christ thing I'm worried that they'll be not want to do that. And I think for me that was that is still the fear of homeschooling mm. is I feel very overwhelmed not just being a teacher but being a model. The modeling is the modeling, challenge. And that for <clears> me <throat> is what's overwhelming. I don't know if that was one of your – and I know some people get overwhelmed with curriculum. And some people get overwhelmed with like time management. I, Crystal, I have no idea how you do it with the eight kids. I have three. Today was my very first day of homeschooling my kids. Yay. <laughs> We survived, but not necessarily <laughs> unbruised. So not the um, goal. Just day
0: one, we're gonna survive.
2: I mean, this morning went really great. The schooling part went f- fairly well, but it was the modeling part later. You know, when I was in a rush and I had to get here, um, that didn't go so well. And but it was, but even, and I told myself I'm going to be patient when when I feel drawn in different directions. But I only had three to tend to. And I think something that may be overwhelming is how can I give the attention that I need to each kid Mm -hmm. in their own individualized learning style Uh, if I – and then on top of that, trying to pick the curriculum that's good for each learning style. How do parents navigate that?
1: I think that – Depending on how many children you have and what what your style of learning is or what your style of teaching and what your children's style of learning is, you do have to make some compromises along the way. I know that I, I hear a lot of um, beginner homeschooler parents that feel like, okay, well, this is what they would be typically learning in fourth grade or third grade. Uh, where's Mary? Mary's? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Vinny and Kate, that's right. <laughs> and so... Instead of us opting for whatever, and this is a, a luxury that you can have when you're, you know, you're committed you know, to doing the homeschool several years in a row, but instead of saying, okay, this is what they would be doing in fifth grade, I say, okay, all of my elementary school kids, we're going to go on a rotation, and this year we're tackling U.S. history, and we, we call it the cottage-style learning. And so we all have something to contribute to the discussion. We have reading that some of the little ones may wander off it's okay. Then we have a picture book that fits in place with them that can help communicate the message of what we're learning. Um, And then there are literature pieces that you can plug in, in addition to that, to come from whatever era you're studying as far as history. And then we also do the same thing for science. So instead of looking at, okay, this is what they would be doing in this grade, we say, as a family, this is what we're studying this year. And as long as it rotates... Every year, so there's typically a four, and I'll go into that with classical education more, but there are four different history eras that you study. And so as a family, until you get to the high school years, you can rotate that out. And after four years, you've covered all of it. And it doesn't really matter what age they got that. Does that make sense? And that keeps me from being so overwhelmed of I can't possibly have time to take – that much preparation in the first place and take time with each individual child because that's where they're supposed to be at for that grade level. And so those are one of the things that I use. So so, sometimes we will plug in um, history and science in a cottage style um, level. So that is, that is one of the little tricks that I guess I use for that, but it's, it, it does, it gets tricky. And you know, especially with my number, I'm constantly, I mean, there will be times at the end of the day where I'm, you know, role playing, you know, in my mind, I, I could have handled this better. And what was that expression for on his little face? And, you know, what was my expression?
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? Did I scare uh, him? <laughs> I don't even have to ask myself. Was I'm that like, an encouragement? I know I scared my kid. Tone? I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: And then the, <laughs> what I love about this is that, like Crystal, you didn't wake up one day all of a sudden with eight kids. And thank God! <laughs> like, thank God! Like, like we say that all into the time. It, right? Like
1: people are like, "How do you do it?" And, well, nobody except the one lady that you know had quintuplets or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, octo. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm not her. So you know, other than the adoption of two at the time, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like God. If you're if you're doing it for the right reasons, God gives you just a little bit of grace with each one, or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. you need to do what what you're committed to doing for the sake of His kingdom and for the sake of your yeah. heart and for the sake of whatever child you fall in love with, you know. Yeah. 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 So,
0: and what I'm what I'm being sold on with with homeschooling, <laughs> it sounds like just the. The flexibility that you have yes. to adjust and to figure out, like, OK, that didn't work, so we're going to try <laughs> this. Yes. That is really cool. Um, so I know one of the things that we, we've talked about is there's different styles of education. And you've talked to us about like classical education. And that might be a new term for a lot of folks. I know that was new for me. So when we say classical education, what are we talking about?
1: Okay. So <clears throat> when you talk about, when we talk about gifts that were given, right mm-hmm. uh, as according to each child, mm-hmm. um, after that first year of homeschooling my oldest in which was a was a baby year, I had my fourth child that year, so about right where you're at, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we recognize that just being at home, all by ourselves was probably not the way we wanted to go in the future. Trial and error, right? And uh, a sweet mother that I had known from my neighborhood brought me into a homeschool co-op in Austin. It was about 30 families that met there. It was called Regina Motter. And these families came together. And so to teach each other, to teach each other's kids, to use utilize their gifts as, as either previous teachers, youth ministers, grandmothers were in the mix fathers that were working tech because austin's tech would go and teach one class and then step aside and work their tech job at a desk i mean it was it was a beautiful setup that i think a lot of people don't even realize can happen but what i the gifts that i took away from that were the beauty of classical education and montessori education and so Mm -hmm. starting in about second to third grade the shift moved from montessori to classical and really when when we think about how we want to educate our children so much of it comes down to you know when we say it, realizing their individual needs is meeting the child where they're at I mean isn't that what the church teaches dignity of life so if we're teaching at a level that's not reaching them or we're saying hush and sit down for this many hours and just listen it's it's likely not reaching them, especially if you have a house of boys. Boys are active. And young and kids, the younger they are, they're active. It's all about movement and oh, mastery yeah. of sk- motor skills, and they're all over the place. And so before that, um, I don't think the classical method is quite as important as, as, as grammar age. Mm-hmm. And so basically classical is a response to that dignity of life. It's an observation of what children learn at different uh, ages. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's, there's a term called the trivium, and it's made up of, uh, there are three parts of this trivium, and so grammar is starting about, you know, elementary school, second to third grade, going on through fifth or sixth, depending on where your child is at, you'll recognize where they're at by how they're responding. But that is a time where they are wanting to memorize. They want to know all the facts. They wanna know all the why they they want to know the classifications, chance sing songs, poetry, all of those things just naturally settle with them as far as where their brain's at right then. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be the easiest way to get all of the groundwork and foundation in for later stages that they're going to tap back into. Mm-hmm. That's what their brain is just more easily wanting right then and soaking in. And so, And then when you get more into middle school, which that's been a fun (laughs) shift for me in the last few years uh, beyond that is called logic or dialectic and that is and if you've known any middle schoolers or you remember your own middle schooler that's when they're like but why (laughs) and how and they want to argue and that (laughs) is the best place to start giving them okay we'll go look at why let's look at why Let's form that argument. You know, if that's naturally where they're gravitating to, is wanting to argue and wanting to know the why and the how and everything else, it's not just memorization then. We have to understand that we're going to have to prove what we're saying a little more then. And so approaching education from just knowing what their brain is wanting and needing and naturally gravitating toward, I think is, is meeting the child where they're at, right? And then beyond that is the, the rhetoric. And that is kind of the, the third and final beautiful piece to this. They've been introduced to how to argue, either by writing or by speaking. They've been given all the facts. They've asked a lot of the questions. And then they're kind of polishing off you know, that sourcing and that defense of or against and they're honing in their skills of writing persuasively for or speaking persuasively for the sake of communicating that to other people in evangelization and furthering their education. And so to I think the, the biggest piece that spoke to me on seeing this model in place mm-hmm. Was just recognizing that there is a great uh, aspect of uh, dignity of life, and just really thinking about what is what is their brain actually doing right now? What are they more likely to respond to right now?
2: That's
1: fascinating. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. It's, it is really neat. And so this particular school, that is how they handled all of them. They had us. They had all of us parents read you know great books going into it, nice. and they had. Um, several times a semester, parent formation nights, they called them colloquiums, where they would plan events for the children that related on their level to what the parents were learning, and the parents would swap out as to listening in on a message, and then the other half, the other parent, went out, or they would, you know, divide us in half, and one of the things that I think every homeschool parent, every parent in general needs to hear we had a great um, message one night and it had to do with organic growth. You know, organic is such a buzzword. you know we want organic food, we want organic farming, we want authentic, we want real. we don't anyth- we don't want anything you know rushed or not real, right? right. And so when we think about those those immeasurable, contributions that we're giving our children especially in the way of education I mean you can look back at your day and say what was the major thing that they really took away from that it's not always calculable on a day-to-day week-to-week month-to-month really like really what spoke to their heart but the change organic growth is slow it doesn't happen overnight Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it's it it to be real it's it's going to be sometimes slow and painful, right?
2: That's such a good reminder. (laughs) I think sometimes I want to take, like, some miracle Grow and, like, sprinkle it on the kids and be like, okay. (laughs) Speed it up here. (laughs) Any day. Yes. Uh, But we know that miracle Grow has bad stuff in it, so we don't (laughs) want to do that, right? (laughs)
1: Right.
2: Right.
0: No, that's awesome. And one of the things that I I hear you saying, too, is, like, the importance of community. I think when (sighs) when we talk about misconceptions about homeschooling, I think I had always had this idea that like oh homeschoolers are just like secluded away and and learning and not talking to other people or something <laughs> I don't know silly misconception uh, but what I have learned over the years is like the importance of participating in a co op or just community that it takes a village (laughs) to make this happen Um, so can you talk about just the benefits of of being part of a a community or like if you've had experience where you haven't been part of a community and how that compared
1: I I think that you know curriculum and your family lifestyle and your family priorities definitely should trump community because those are things you can control yeah right we can't always control the aspects of community life because sometimes it takes years, yeah. you know, to, to find that or yeah. to discover that. I feel like I was gifted that right away. And so I've just always walked away from that thinking, thank you, God, for letting me see what it can be. And so mm-hmm. our beautiful experience of homeschooling with a co-op, there were about 30, 30 families. Some of them drove from over an hour away wow. to North Austin. Wow. We met Tuesday from 9.30 to 3.30, Thursday, 9.30 to 3.30, outside of traffic hours. It was great. Um, And then Friday was a half a day of electives where we did, you know, robotics, catechesis of the Good Shepherd, art, a writing club for the boys. I mean, just really neat things. But what came of that is it's how a community should be, is utilizing everyone's strengths and to see community come together for that sake and recognize there's a hole over here, and so this is what we need to be praying for, and this is who we need to be trying to seek out to kind of fill that hole. But the colloquium nights, and we would, we would celebrate, the colloquium nights are what I mentioned earlier as mm-hmm. far as just formation for the parents, mm-hmm. um, but our, our feast day celebrations were just so beautiful, which we do it in our home, but unless, it's just more fun with more people, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and so we would do, you know, we would do a back to school, like a Mother Mary celebration. Uh, yeah. We would do, because her birthday's, you yeah. know, yeah. September. Yeah. And then we would do an All Saints Day to where everybody would dress up. And it wasn't just, my kids are dressing up today. I'll take a picture. <laughs> no, I mean, everybody is dressing up. And you don't want to be what your best friend's being. So then you get a little more. You know, variety on the presentations and the details, and the. So that was really fun. And then um, we had all kinds of dress up days where we would do uh, Indian and uh, pilgrims. And then we, one of the most beautiful days, this is so neat, Um, Knights and Princesses, where we actually read Proverbs 31 for the girls remember which one it was that the king there was always a king and since my husband was pulled into the role quite a bit he would be the king and he would get to knight the little boys and it was it was just I bet they loved that yes (laughs) yeah it was so great and so then we would do that and then we would always have a Saint Nicholas celebration and then we would you know break away and allow plenty of time for family planning and family events for December. But then coming back, we would celebrate an Epiphany celebration at somebody's home. So some of them we met at the church, and some of them we would just rotate homes. And so Epiphany was usually one at someone's home where we had the, you know, the three kings cake. And you you put the little baby Lego Jesus in there. <laughs> and whoever got the Lego <laughs> Jesus was the one that hosted the next one. And- nice. We always just brought one. And so it the, the celebrations and that just sense of camaraderie and to know I mean, especially us mothers, when you're home doing what you think is right for so long, just to be in the presence of other mothers and know that you're not the only one whose kid just tackled a huge wrestle session on the sofa next to you, or spilled something in the seat right behind you on your way somewhere, or the one that pushed you to your, you know, to your edge to where you just ran in the room to pray for a few minutes. That, I mean, it happens to all of us, and just that constant reminder of, "Hey, we're all in the trenches together," <laughs> yeah. Yeah. is a beautiful, oh, beautiful thing. And and to also share curriculum notes, yeah. yeah, because in these co-ops, often we'll come together and say. We're all studying this history this year. Right. So we're all going to get to have these discussions. And we're all going to have essentially the same assignments for different you know, age groups. And so just that kind of support, that kind of resource, that kind of community is really helpful. That's it's the huge. cherry on top. Yeah. It really is. I mean, the other things can work in place, but it is the, the thing that...
0: Takes you to the next level. It absolutely. Like, oh, that's awesome. And yeah. it sounds like... That I mean that what you've described is what the domestic church should look like. Like we should all be supporting one another and encouraging one another and sharing notes. Absolutely. And, and celebrating together. Sharing yeah. victories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And mishaps <laughs> and mourning together. Yes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> ah, yeah. Like that's that is what parish life should look should like. be. It really yeah. should be. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Absolutely
2: no so okay so if you have someone who because i know there have been a lot of families that have never thought of homeschooling that because of covid are now yeah. like seriously thinking about it yeah. and i know we've talked about a little bit about like curriculum and community where would you tell a family to start like even right now if they, if they still don't know what it's going to look like because there is so much uncertainty yeah Um, We've talked about the importance of community and um, a little bit about curriculum. There is so much with homeschooling out there. If Mm -hmm, you had to give, like, here are the top three things that I would recommend, what Mm -hmm. would would that be for someone who's just
1: feeling their way through all of those huge decisions? More than anything, it needs to have a Catholic lens. So if it is not a Catholic publication and – we that's what we're that's one of our goals then we need to kind of keep that on the forefront um and so that's that's one thing i would definitely say in science especially in history especially because mm. if you're going to teach history you want to you want to <laughs> incorporate the lives of the saints yeah you want to incorporate in your ancient history the you know creation bible stories you want to look at medieval times and toss that term on its head and show them all the beautiful art and music and changes that happened in response to all of the other crazy that might have been put into that era. Yeah. You know. And so as far as three different specific places to go, I think that um, Mother of Divine Grace offers um, a great outline that website that is a school it's an online school out of California it is classical it is Catholic Um, it it basically itemizes out what books to read what uh, which science to choose it's a great starting point to look at okay my kid is this age and this is a great place to just get a good starting point Um, we've also used Catholic schoolhouse, Catholic schoolhouse is definitely more for the younger ones. It has a lot more sing-songy on the memorizing, yes. really fun songs about the Ten Commandments and about history events, and they the way that they plug in several different um, aspects to where it all ties together is is a really neat thing, especially for the beginner um, homeschooling parent. Um, I know a lot of people are also familiar with. Colby Academy. I know that Stacy had mentioned Mm -hmm. Colby Academy. Colby Academy is also classical and it's a different approach than mother of divine grace, but I don't know all the differences, but I know that is where a lot of people go. Um, I will say that when I was making all these decisions, going to one of these fairs was completely overwhelming. (laughs) Where do you start? (laughs) Like, just take a friend that you trust. Really? I mean, it's, it's all relational. like, You have to have a friend that you trust, seek out someone, ask a friend if they have someone like it, it, you have to have someone you trust to kind of just help walk you through it because otherwise you're wasting money, you're wasting time, you're wasting your heart (laughs) worrying about which one. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. So it definitely takes time. It sounds like it takes time to look into, dive into these things. And so I think that that's something to kind of make clear because I know I was really overwhelmed with. The whole homeschooling thing, and I—the reason I ended up picking this one curriculum is because I had a good friend. Her daughter and my daughter are the same age. They're a great correct, Catholic family, and I was like, I don't even care what it looks like. If you're using it, we're gonna do it because I need another mama <laughs> <laughs> that I could talk to about it. And the fact that my girl will be learning the same thing as one of her good friends, and I'm learning a lot about the curriculum now, you know, because I didn't know a lot about it. But for me, I knew that's what I needed. Absolutely. I, uh as I found that community of one and two families doing it and then uh, decided to just go with that, and I'm sort of working out the kinks, you know. But it does, it takes time. It does. And I think that that's something in our last episode, you talked about have grace, you know, like let yourself experience the Mm -mm. grace that God wants to give you that um, it is trial and error. Mm-hmm. there are you're not going to be able to know everything and like this morning I was learning a lesson 10 seconds before or I was even reading it. I was like hold on wait just let me read this section first and then I'll tell you what we need to do you know yeah. um but those of us
1: and, that are five years and six years and seven years into it still we have plenty of times like that to where to bear with the bear with mommy mommy's learning with you and so many of us so many of us, that is our experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want i want a better education for my, that's why I do what I do. I want a better education for my children than what I have. Isn't that natural maternal instinct, you know, when yeah. I give your child better, you know, whatever, one step up, two steps up, whatever. And so, but I think also for them to see that you're learning with them, there's something to that. And to just not be afraid to apologize, mm. right?
2: Hey. I had to do that a lot today. <laughs> okay. I'm so
1: sorry, sweetheart. Mom is really uh, trying, and that may not have been the best way to handle that, and I'm going to try better, and so please forgive me. I mean, it's yeah, that easy. Yeah,
0: yeah And that's yeah. the beauty of family yeah. life. It's messy. We make mistakes, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful that our children can see us. I'm trying to to learn from this and this conversation has been so helpful for me um, because I know like the goal of this was not to say like homeschooling is the only thing that you can do because. We're sending our kids to to Catholic school and a, a a Christian preschool right now, and that's what's working for us. But what's been really helpful in this conversation for me, someone who was like, I would, I can never homeschool, <laughs> is realizing like you can take it piece by piece. You can discern what's best for your family. So who knows, like down the line, or which one we have four kids, maybe one of them that would be the best uh, method for them. Um, and I know we're we're hopefully going to have a conversation um, with our superintendent from the diocese mm-hmm. of tyler to talk about catholic school education um, but one of the things that i think connects back to why our, our catholic school works well is that idea of community um, they really try hard to to build community among saint gregory and i i have really appreciated mm-hmm. that that it's not like just send your kid drop them off pick them up um, but that that's key so there's all these different pieces of, of homeschool um, uh, lifestyle that I think can be applied to domestic church to <laughs> Catholic school life um, and hopefully it'll help folks to to discern like what is best, what is best yeah. for yeah. your family, which is so cool. So, thank you, Crystal, thank for you. having this conversation with us. This thank been, you. We hope that this has been helpful um, to our audience, and yeah, we just want to encourage you to to discern, you know, what's what's mm-hmm. best for your family. Take it to prayer. I know that's one thing that you had said to us. It's an annual thing, <laughs> or even a month to month daily. Thing. <laughs> right, daily.
1: <laughs> What am I doing again?
0: Right. Oh, right, right. Thank right, you. right, and then God gives us the grace uh, uh, to do that. So, we encourage you to, to check out other episodes of Life Beyond the Chariot. Um, really, the the purpose of this series is to help domestic churches answer that question. What is mm-hmm. God calling us to do? Taking yeah. these beautiful teachings of the church, applying them to the messiness of family life um, and really discern like how is God in that and how do we communicate that to our children? better. So we invite you to visit our website at uh, Um You can email us um, at podcast at stphilipinstitute.org. Let us know what would be helpful uh, yeah. for family life. We're, right now, we know homeschooling is is on the forefront of a lot of folks' minds. Um, so we, we're looking at this. But if there's um, other questions that you have about homeschooling, we can Try to tackle those yeah. in a future episode.
2: And we're definitely not experts, but we can bring the experts, <laughs> bring experts on. on.
1: Right? So, yeah. <laughs> Please don't give me that title. <laughs> so much know, pressure. You know? Well, sorry. when I see you, I see
0: expert in my right? mind. No. So. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, again, thank you. Whatever so brings much. us
1: to our knees in prayer most, right? That's my yeah, mantra. <laughs> oh, there
0: you go. Awesome. Well, should we close out in prayer? Absolutely. Cool. Do, you want, me to do it? you want to do it?
2: Go ahead, Deanna. You do such a good job. <laughs>
0: Great. Awesome. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we praise you and we thank you again for the gift of our faith. Um, right now, we pray in particular for any families that are feeling overwhelmed by the decisions of this upcoming school year, just feeling overwhelmed by daily life. Um, Please give each family what we need to take things day by day and to always put you first and to lead our children closer to you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you.